Hello girlfriend and welcome to this episode of Rise and Grow Post-Separation. A few years back, I had it all. A husband who was first a friend, a house in the burbs for a family to grow in, and Callie our cat right by my side. But then I heard those words, those words that would change my life forever. You know what I'm talking about. I want a divorce. My name is Sarah Casa. And I am here to lift you above the fear, anxiety, and loneliness that comes with breakup. Divorce or not, the pain is one, and the pain is real. I've learned so many things along the way, things I want to share with you now. I will share tools, tips, and actions you can take to grow your mind, your body, but more importantly, your heart, to rise into the strong woman within you. Because guess what? If I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Now let's start, shall we? Hello, friends and family. I don't know how I missed this. Probably the enthusiasm of releasing that first episode and going live, which I have to say I am so humbled. So humbled at the number of downloads at the comments made, at the people who reached out, thank you. But from now on, we will start with acknowledging the land on which I am going to be recording these bi-weekly episodes on. So today, we are gathered here in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Pekani, and Kiana Nations, the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley Nations, and the Sutina Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. So let's start this episode with a question. Put your hand up if you've heard this phrase coming from your parents before. Three things you never talk about. Religion, politics, and money. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not the first time you heard that one. So for me, growing up, our family weekend plans usually revolved around, well, one family having the rest of the families over. So every weekend, one family would host the rest of the families and the kids would play and we'd share food. And basically, a big part of my childhood revolved around that. But what I vividly remember is sometimes when we would be playing as kids, we'd hear the grown-ups have a heated conversation. And a lot of us were drawn into that. Certainly I was. And so I'd go, me and my friend, and we'd sit and we'd listen. And mostly it was about politics. So on the drive home from those get-togethers, a lot of times my parents, well, would recap what, what happened on the night, what they talked about, what they debated. And they'd frequently comment on how unsatisfying it was when the others didn't agree with their point of view or so. And they'd look at us and say, three things you never talk about. Religion, politics, and money. Which brings me to my point about money and how awkward it is to talk about it. So from a young age, we're told that it's best not to talk about it. Society as well makes it weird when people discuss money. How many of you, for example, know how much so-and-so makes? Of course not. I don't even know how much my brother makes. So it should not come as a big surprise to learn that one of the biggest fears around breakup is the uncertainty 
and unknowns around money. While it is a topic that is scary, I think the scarier part is the fact that we actually don't discuss it enough. It's probably because it is taboo. It's probably because it's private or seen as something private. Many women I know are more than happy to share other sides of a breakup. They can walk you through how it went, what went down, but when it comes to their financial fears and struggles, you rarely hear anything about that. You rarely hear about any of the sex and shame that is involved in a breakup as well. Again, another taboo topic. One of the things I remember is sitting on that sofa after an argument with my ex-husband and those words again floating in my head. I keep thinking, this is enough, I should get a divorce. This is enough, I've had it, I need to ask for a divorce. This is enough. And then after a while, when things calm down, thinking to myself, oh, thank goodness, thank the universe, or whatever it is you believe in, for my ex's ability not to read my mind. Because the first fear that pops into my head is how devastating this would be financially. How financially a divorce would be the death of me. I literally would say those words in my head. Death of me. So let's break it down. Why was it the death for me? First of all, it's safe to assume that when you're with a person for a long time, that your finances are somewhat linked. And if it's not, great. But it could be in different forms. So it could be linked by having things as basic as a joint bank account, a joint home together, joint payments together. So whether you rent or you own, basically those automated payments that are made are made from one account that you both share. But the most scariest of all is a joint saving, right? If you don't have your own separate savings, it's a whole other story if you don't have savings, but let's say you have joint savings. That is also scary. The other fear that comes to mind is the question, how can I do this alone? Is my salary even enough? You've been in a relationship together and you've shared expenses you've shared trips, you've shared a lifestyle together, and you're used to that lifestyle. It's hard. It's hard to think, oh, does me separating from my long-term partner mean that I have to compromise? What is it that I can't afford anymore? Now, this, of course, assumes you have an income stream. And if you don't, and you're financially dependent on a partner, well... I don't know what to tell you because it is harder. It is harder when you are dependent on a partner to separate from that partner. So I'd like to think that we want to do things differently in this podcast. We are basically demanding a level of thinking and command that is a step up from dependency on someone else. So I'd like to ask you to pull up your big girl panties and start thinking about an income stream. And it doesn't have to be a job. It's probably the first thing that comes to mind. It could be an Etsy shop. It could be a venture that you start. And it could be small. But it's not easy to think of separation if you are financially dependent. So for the time being, for this episode, we're going to assume you have some stream of income coming in. 
whether it's a passive income, which let's say you have a rental that you're getting income from, or an active stream of income, and that's most commonly a salary or revenue coming in from a small business. And the third fear I, which I also had, is how entrenched you are in these joint accounts. Basically, you have a joint phone bill, you have a joint internet bill, you have delegated a lot of your financial, basically planning to your partner. They handle the bills, the electricity, the utilities, everything is in their name. And it's not because you're not capable. It's just in a relationship, you divvy up what each one has to do. And if you don't like finances, then that is the easier part to divvy up. Cloud storage. I actually never thought of that until recently. And I thought, oh, did I actually separate my cloud storage and I actually had to check so yeah the smallest things and you actually would benefit from starting a list maybe of all the things that you share all the bills that you share so let's tackle that first fear the fear of your joint accounts my first tip if you're contemplating a breakup is plan it yes plan it <laughs> you know that skill that you learn as you grow up where you used to hang out with friends when you were in your early 20s and things were spontaneous and fun and the older you get, the more you realize you have to plan days, weeks in advance to meet so-and-so. That skill. Planning. Yep. Start by taking matters into your own hand and look at separating your accounts. If your salary or income deposits, for example, into a shared account, that is the first thing you want to take out of there. Open your own account and have your salary or income basically deposit into that account. And do not wait. Have you ever been there where a bank is trying to give you a credit card and you're like, no, no, I don't need no more ways to get into debt, thank you. But the minute you need a credit card, it's the hardest thing to get. Well, there's a reason for that. Because they don't trust you. Banks are always wondering, well, why do they need that credit card? Are they in debt? And obviously look into your credit score and all that, but it is harder. So is separating accounts when you are going through separation or a divorce or leaving someone. It is always easier and safer with a bank when you go in and ask for a separate account when everything appears to be healthy on paper. That is exactly what I did. One of the first things I did, especially when we were going through the amicable stage of our breakup, is go into the bank. I did not mention anything about separating. I even went to a new bank pretending that I was shopping around for a better deal and that's why I wanted to open our own separate account. And they look at our joint credit scores and it helps. It does help. And so do that. That is my first advice. Separate your accounts. Even today, although I am in a healthy relationship, I believe that I will continue to do so. It just gives you a peace of mind, and makes things more transparent. I will leave it at that. Which brings us to our second question. How can I do this on my own? What if my salary is not enough? Remember, we have your big girl panties up and you're making an income. Now you need to find out, well, is this enough? I recently learned this phrase from taking Marie Farleo's B-School. Clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Now the context for it 
is a bit different, but it applies here. If you do not know where your money goes, you cannot get clarity around knowing how it will work for you if you didn't put thought into it. This may not be what you want to hear. Certainly, it's not a sexy tool that I'm about to give you. Yes, budgeting. If you are thinking that, you are bang on. Budgeting. That is exactly what you need to do. I'm forever grateful to my first impactful boss that I had coming out of university. I must have mentioned to him that I was trying to basically figure out where my salary is going to go. And at the time, there was a lot that I was trying to plan. I was fresh out of school. It was my first proper salary as a junior architect, and I was super excited. Super excited to be able to buy myself new clothes, take myself out with my friends, be generous, all the great things. But at the same time, growing up, we were not a well-off family. So I also wanted to help with bills, the rent, even my brother's university fees, basically to the best of my ability. So I had to figure out how this amount of money that I got every month could go towards all that stuff. How I could even save. Pretty sure that was one of the things that was a red flag for him is because he probably found out that I wasn't able to save. So I won't forget him pulling a chair and asking me to sit and opening an Excel sheet. Yes, the good old Excel. He shared with me his own budget and how he budgeted for his rent. He had a kid for the joint expenses, the separate expenses. He even had a fund for clothes. It was awesome. It was probably the first lesson on money I really had because growing up, I did not really learn good habits about money. Not intentionally from my parents. It's just probably because of their circumstance. And it was certainly not taught in school. I don't think it's even probably taught until today. And that's why there's just so much to uncover when it comes to money. So until today, what, 16, 17 years later, I still work off that same Excel sheet. I kid you not. It's been renamed. It's been saved in different places. It's the same Excel sheet. I have a history of the last 17 years of spending in my life. And I know, I know there's more sophisticated apps out there. There's probably much easier way for me to do things. But you know, just like some people prefer pen and paper, and some people prefer books over Kindles and ebook readers, I prefer that Excel sheet. It still does wonders for me. Even yesterday when I logged my taxes, I used it to figure out every single payment that I wondered about. It still serves me really well. So budgeting. There is no other way to figure out clarity around breakup than to budget for it. So this is what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to start listing expenses that you would have to make as a single person. So are you going to take on the mortgage if you're owning the house? Or do you want to move out? What are the rents like? Do your research. Put that in. Cars. Are you keeping your car? Bills. And that's where that third element comes in of your shared bills. You want to break it down. You want to make a list of what you currently pay for or what your partner pays for on behalf of you both and put it in there. Put it in that Excel and do not forget 
You need to budget for coffees. You need to budget for, I called it entertainment, I still do. But basically your outings. You need to budget for clothes because it's unrealistic if you think, I'm not going to spend on a t-shirt. I'm going through a breakup. I need to figure this out. No, be realistic and list it all out. I have a category for clothes. I have a category for food. My category for food is quite ridiculous. If you know me, you know I love my food. Gas, petrol. So even if you don't drive, are you going to use Uber? Are you going to use the car share program? Budget that in and budget a savings. I don't care how ridiculous it is. If you think 50 bucks a month even is ridiculous, you'd be surprised at how much that ends up making you at the end of the year, basically. List it all out and be as accurate. And I'd rather you add more categories and delete some later on than the other way around. So remember, clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Do not sit and think in your head, is this going to work? Is that going to work? Put it all on paper, put it all on a computer, on an app, just put it all out and do your research. Never have we had more access to information than we have today. YouTube videos, podcasts, books. There's a lot out there that you could just tap into and learn what have others done, what mistakes have they done, what have they learned, and apply it. But let's take a moment and be honest here. Your life may not look the same, single, as it did when you had two streams of income. I'll tell you that from now. If you're trying to sustain the same lifestyle, hopefully you're making big bucks because something's going to have to give when you take away one income stream. But it's that versus your happiness. Would you rather compromise? If you have a car and you can't afford it and you end up having to buy everywhere, is that worse or being stuck in a relationship where you're unhappy? You need to figure out your priorities. But if you're listening to this, I think you know the answer. But that does not mean that that's the end of it. Or it doesn't mean that we need to eventually work towards being with someone to rectify our financial situation. No, you don't need to be with someone to be financially happy. If anything, basically being in a financially tight spot is what makes you rise and try and find a solution and hustle. Nobody ever hustled when they're comfortable and have everything they need. It's usually when you're in a bind that you hustle and you figure out income streams. And so, no, I'm not perpetuating that you do this and wait it out until the next relationship that you can join your finances. Not at all. You don't necessarily have to be with someone. But yes, your lifestyle might not be the same. It's just something you have to be objective about. And like I said, it just makes you rise above the situation and figure out alternatives, alternative income streams. And we can talk about that as well in other episodes. So if you start doing some of this work, start looking into separating your bank accounts, start making a list of all the joint expenses, start making a budget to see what reality looks like as a single person, I'd like to ask you to be kind to yourself and don't tilt that scale in one direction. I do believe if you're doing a lot of work that's in the rational realm, like we're doing right now, talking about money, you need to shift to the other realm as well. 
and you need to be good to yourself. So take yourself out for a massage. Spend some time alone. Do something that makes you feel good because you can't just work on one area of your life without the other being compromised. So this is a reminder that you need to pay attention to the other side of you as well as you do this work. And if you can't do any of that, then at least listen to the next episode because we will definitely be tapping into a whole other side of the breakup, the side of self-love, and we will tip the scale to the other side. So until next time, don't forget that if I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Thanks for listening. If you have a girlfriend who is struggling out of a breakup and would benefit from these tools and tips, please share this episode with her. Us women have everything to gain from supporting and lifting one another up. So please don't forget to hit subscribe and check out riseandgrow.ca. It ensures this podcast reaches more listeners to grow our amazing community and ensures you are in the know of the latest offerings. Bye now.